0: Welcome in to the Deep Slam podcast presented by Xfinity. I'm your host, DP Sidhu. I'm so happy to be doing a podcast on this playoff wildcard weekend. Hopefully this podcast does not disappoint. I don't think it will because we've got DJ Reader on the podcast. He is the founding member of the Lunch Pill crew. He is the Texans' 2019 Walter Payton Man of the Year. And we talked to him about a lot of things. We talked to him about his great season he's having and what it's like with 99 back on the field, what it was like when he left the field and what it's like when he's back on the field because it really changes a lot of what number 98, DJ Reader, does on the field. We're going to get into all that. Plus, the Bills are coming to town for the first time in a really, really long time. We don't want to remember what happened the last time the Bills were in Houston for a playoff game, but we do want to talk about the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. We do so with Buffalo Bills insider Chris Brown. He offers some great insight on on this 10 and 6 Bills team, what they do well and what progress Josh Allen has made from year one to year two, because we did see him in this building last year, and the numbers he is putting up this year are outstanding. We also talk a little bit about Tredavious White and DeAndre Hopkins, what that matchup may look like from a Bills perspective. That's all coming up in the Deep Slam podcast. But first, take the fastest internet to the house with Xfinity X X-Fi. stream the Texans all season long on every in home device. No matter where you watch, this is Beyond Wi-Fi. This is XFi, Xfinity, proud partner of the Houston Texans, proud partner of the Deep Slant Podcast. So let's kick it off. We've got DJ Reader in studio. We sat down with him. I have a chance to sit down with DJ several times over the year because we do our Texans players Fuddruckers show. He's one of the rotating guest players that we have on that first hour of the show. So. DJ Breeder is a, a really fun, a fun player to talk to about a lot of different things, and he's so easygoing and laid back. and And this interview did not disappoint. I sat down with him one on one in the studio. Take a listen. I can't believe I've never had you on this because I feel like we talk all the time. Yeah, we do talk a lot. Radio shows in the locker room. So yes. welcome in. How are you doing? Better late than never. Yes, I know. I'm great. Um, season's done. Yeah. It's in the books, and I'd like to congratulate you on being named twenty nineteen Walter Payton Man of the Year for Thank the Texans. Thank you. I
1: appreciate that. Thank Ro- you. Romeo Cornell
0: lot. says you don't get very many accolades for doing what you do, but people are talking yeah, about you. And the
1: notice. Season. Yeah, my friends, um, friends, family, and the fans notice. So you know that's that's good. And I'm being able to make an impact this year, and so it has been huge for me. You know, um, I enjoy my position. Not much notability, and not like much going on. It's fun. It's cool being in the spot that I'm in.
0: You like to not be in
1: the spotlight. It's just cool. It's just You got other cooler positions. I understand, like, wide receiver and those guys, they're fun. Like, I like watching them, too. I wouldn't really uh, be watching me as much if I didn't play the position. I
0: think you guys are cool. You have T-shirts. You're the lunch yeah. crew. we're fun, but, like,
1: we, like... you I, I feel like I can still, like, go everywhere and still, like I said, have that little spot where, like, people don't really notice who you are. People don't like, recognize
0: you when you're on like, the ball. They,
1: like, I mean... I mean, I'm sure, kinda, of, but like they don't—they're not for sure. So it's always <laughs> like, like, oh. He looks and
0: by familiar. the
1: time I'm already gone, by then, you oh. know what I mean. I'm already pushed my cart by. The That's way. probably
0: not the case if you're traveling with JJ if you're out and about. Yeah, with JJ. you
1: can't go places mm. with him. He's kind of. You have
0: to leave him home. They if don't guess
1: to... on him. They know. They're spot on. Yes. Kinda,
0: I can see that.
1: How many humans walking around his house?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna get to J. <laughs> I'm gonna get to JJ in a bit. But first, okay, this week, Wild Card Week. It's playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a fun week because you're one of just a few teams that yeah. are out there practicing. What's this week like for you as a player? You've you know, got to experience a, a few times. It's now.
1: amazing, you know it's it's crazy. You, there are one of twelve teams playing throughout this playoffs and like one of eight playing on that day and so you're just you're excited and you're just out ready to go out there for the next game. You know that this is this is a one and done type of deal. you know it's tournament time, you know so it's it's fun. You know, this is what you play for this is what you grow up, wanting to play for to go get a chance to go play for a world championship so
0: does it feel different in the meeting rooms or on the practice field for the players? I think it's in a little more
1: room? attention to details. Everybody's just, I don't know if I would say on edge, but everybody's just antsy, you know, especially for people who don't know, mm. like, about the playoffs. You know, I've been fortunate enough to go a couple of times, but I haven't gone as far as I wanted. But it's different. You know, it's different. It's a different style of ball. Everything is that much more important because you don't just got the next Sunday to count on. You know, right. you're playing to get to the next Sunday, to earn the right to play the next Sunday after that every time.
0: You made it as a rookie. I've yeah. heard a lot of players say that playoff football is different from regular season football. It's just yeah. faster. There's a different energy. Is that what you felt like? I mean, you were already a rookie, so you are getting adjusted to the speed yeah. of the game. So what was that like, making that jump to the playoffs? Uh,
1: it's, it's crazy. It's faster. Everybody's, you know, you're scheming up week to week. You're scheming up for one week. You're putting all your eggs in that one basket sure. for one week. You're not holding anything back. So it's different. You never know what you're going to get. You know, people bring out different things. And so it's just – It's fun, but, you know, it's still the game within the game. So you got to go out there and play your game. Like I said earlier, just earn your right to play the next week.
0: How do you feel about this season? You've set some single-season career highs. Mm -hmm. Uh, You did it in quarterback hits. You more than doubled your previous total. And then you've got a single-season career high in sacks, TFLs. I mean, you're having quite a year. So how does it feel going into the playoffs with sort of the season that you've had this year? And what do you think was part of that success this year for you?
1: I think it feels good, you know, just – we're playing playing good ball with my guys right now and that's fun. You know, it's always awesome go out there and play my brothers. Uh uh, but you know, it's just I guess just all season work and just trying to trend forward. You know, if you're not progressing, you're dying. I felt like I was just trying to trend forward as a player. Seeing guys who came in with me, you know, this defense, our our team being better, all of us growing up, you know, I wanted to contribute my part and I felt like, you know, I was able to do that and just gotta keep doing it in the playoffs.
0: Everyone talks about how good you are against the run. Yeah. You're really stout up there. So you're gonna face the Bills. It's mm-hmm. a team that you saw last year. It's a little bit different, but Josh Allen's the same. Yeah. So what do you see from him when you watch him on film going from year one to year two?
1: Uh he can make any throw. You know, I think he's a little bit more confident in his arm this year. I think last year, you know, he used his way his legs as a way to get confident with his arm to stay in games. Uh I think he's still mobile, you know, he definitely still can run, but I think he's very confident in his arm and what they do, you know. It's another year in the system for him. He's just gaining comfortability, you know, and they got a good young team, you know, a lot of guys out there flying around, so it's going to be a fun game.
0: What is it like facing these mobile quarterbacks with the yeah. design runs? Do you like that? Is that? I'm, obviously, it's more of a challenge, but for uh, a guy that likes to stop the run, what's what's like? I guess, like?
1: like, growing up in the era that I grew up in, it's all you're used to. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, I've been playing in high school against it, college against it, now here against it. So, you know, it's just all you're used to week to week. I guess it changes, you know. You have some guys that stay in the pocket a little bit more, but... You just get so used to it because it's all you play against now, especially the way, like, college ball is trending, the way the NFL is trending, it's all you go against. So it's like, it's a new phase of the game.
0: What do you think is the biggest key to defending oh. against the run? Is it going to be technique? Is it going to be film study? Is I it think, just reps? What I think that? there's
1: just a lot that goes into it. You know, a little bit of luck goes into it, and then a little bit of just not letting them get out, get you outside your game, but also being aware that they're mobile quarterbacks. They're not just going to stand there. You can't give them big wide wrestlings, but – you can't focus on that too much and get outside of what you do as a player, you know.
0: I remember once on one of our radio shows, you said in every game, you know exactly what's going to happen. You know what the other team's going to do. It's just a matter of whether or not you can execute
1: yeah, execute what you it. need to do yeah, to stop it. Everybody know. I feel like everybody kind of has idea what people are going to do. And like, even if you didn't, like after that play, you're like, oh, I kind of kind of could have guessed that. But like, you just got to know when those take your have your best guess of when those series of things right. are happening. You know. So I mean. Playing the game and watching games, watching full games on film, I think helps you get a better feel of how the game's going to go.
0: I know you love your d lineman, but how about yeah. Angelo Blackson this year with two block field goals yeah. in back-to-back games? I know you call him Papalo. I asked him yeah. about it. Um, what do you think of Papalo and what uh, he's been able to do?
1: Good, man. You know, he just actually had another baby today, which is... Oh, he's super baby. Popolo. Yeah, had a baby, yeah, I had a oh, baby girl, wow, okay. so I know that's a big congrats, but you know, he's been doing a good job, and he just... Getting his hand up. You know, me, him, and Carlos, and the guys in the field goal block team doing a good job of getting some push. And Lowe's probably got the best vertical out of all of us. So, he, he's the one that jumps. He might have the shortest Which is surprising
0: arm. when you look at him because he's a big guy. Like, yeah, yeah but, you know, so
1: Lowe's, he's explosive. He's an explosive guy. So, he's got he's a little more bounced than us. So, we let him do the jumping.
0: All right, JJ. Obviously, the big news yeah. is with JJ and him coming back to the practice field. Tell me what it's like when JJ's on the field versus when he got hurt and then he was... When he was gone, how much did it adjust what you had to do? I know everybody mm. else had to sort of step up, and no one, no one player can make up for JJ yeah. But what was that transition like for you? What will it be like now that he's back on the on the field?
1: I think it's going to be you know just fun having him back out there, you know, just out there running around with us, getting after it. You know, I think that's like the biggest thing, and you know, having him out there is uh, it helps. Just just taking breaths and just like you being able to go out there and be like, all right. This is what we're doing. This, we're like, this, this our guys back out there. You know, we're excited, but um, you know, it's just it, it was different. You know, it's different for all of us. You know, we a lot of us aren't used to out there playing on that island that he plays on. So you know, going out there for us, just bigger guys, a little bit different. But it's going to be him back, having back, especially at this time of the season. It's important to have that leadership, that leader back, and that player back on the field. You know, that production.
0: Do you notice a difference in him back on the field after the injury? Obviously, he's gone through his share yeah. injuries, but to come back in a season where he wasn't expecting to come back. Does he just seem different out on the? Yeah, I think show?
1: he's just excited. I don't know if I see like different play, but I think he's just excited to be out there, just like a kid who just got, you know, their second chance. You don't get those often, so he's excited to make it, take advantage of it.
0: All right, so it's the end of 2019. So I've got to yes. ask you your favorite play that you were involved in in 2019. Since you don't get a lot of accolades, I the want favorite you to, play. I want you to put your favorite play out there. Favorite one or two, even.
1: Uh. That pick six by Robe against Tampa was pretty cool. Just because me and him were just like talked about it before the game, and it wasn't necessarily my play, but it was just exciting to go out there. You know, he had been banged up a couple of weeks before, and then now he's back out there and he catches a pick six the first play of the game. That was pretty cool.
0: Um, you talked about him possibly getting. Yeah, I said I pick? told him I said
1: Robe, I'm tired of everybody else taking pictures in the end zone. We don't get to take <laughs> no pictures in the end zone. I was like, when are we gonna get to take a picture in the end zone? Every he other team take a
0: picture in the end zone.
1: Yeah, so I was excited about that part. Um, that's probably that, and then. The first sack this year, you know, I got, I got it on my own. So just it was just, that was really exciting. I think that was fun. I
0: like I like your celebration. I hope yeah. we see a lot more of the Gravedear. Yeah, hopefully,
1: hopefully I get, get something to play off.
0: Maybe a different celebration? Yeah. Or are you going to add to it? Have Maybe I'll add to it. We'll, we'll see. I don't okay. know. All right. We hope we see you a lot more in, in the weeks to come. DJ Reader, thanks so much.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Good stuff from DJ Reader. I'm still waiting on that lunch pill crew shirt. One day I will get it. All right, let's switch gears. We're going to talk about the Bills. They're coming to town. They're 10-6, and 6, and you look at their schedule. You look at their record. There's a lot of things that Josh Allen does very similar to Deshaun Watson, which is surprising. He's only in year two, but this will be his first playoff appearance, much like Deshaun's last year. But he shows a lot of poise up. Uh, In the pocket, he's showing a lot of poise in the fourth quarter. His fourth quarter numbers are outstanding. I believe 10 touchdowns, no interceptions through fourth quarter drives this year. He's got as many game-winning drives as Deshaun Watson in the fourth quarter. Five of those. So let's talk to Chris Brown. Let's talk to him about Josh Allen, the Bills defense, and all that right here on the Deep Slam podcast presented by Xfinity. He does everything for the Bills. He does TV, he does radio, he writes for the Buffalo Bills website. How's it going, Chris?
2: Going pretty well. Just gearing up for playoff football here.
0: I know. The mood in Buffalo, how does this compare to 2017? Because I remember when the Bills made it then, that town went crazy. But this year, they they locked up their spot a little bit earlier uh, in the season. Is the mood about the same? What are emotions like in the city?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it was different in 2017 because it was completely unexpected. It was year one under Coach McDermott. Uh, The team was kind of rebuilding itself, rebranding itself. But to get in with a a good deal of luck, uh, they needed some help to do it. Uh, And the fact that it had been a 17-year playoff drought, it just set off fireworks Uh, here in Buffalo. I still remember coming back from Miami to the airport in what was new year's day and it was two degrees in buffalo snow on the ground and you had about 750 a thousand people at the airport going absolutely bananas at one in the morning so uh it was pretty nuts back then this year i think people were hopeful this could be a playoff team i think a lot of people viewed it as this is a team that's building towards something and really going to go for broke in 2020 so some are of the opinion that this kind of happened a year earlier than anticipated in terms of win total and success, but uh, people are soaking it up for sure.
0: Yeah, the Bills turned their season around last year. They finished 6-10 and this year. They finished 10-6. and uh, A lot of the same playmakers because these two teams faced each other last year, but what do you see as the biggest differences from last year's team to this year's team under head coach Sean McDermott?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think after the 2018 season, they knew they had to get some support for Josh Allen on the offensive side of the ball. The offensive line was abysmal. Uh, They could not win at the line of scrimmage in, in almost any game last year, and so they knew they had to retool that. They knew they were devoid of competent weapons at the receiver position, so they knew they had to make some additions there, and that's where the majority of their free agent acquisitions were. You know, John Brown, Cole Beasley, and then on the offensive line, You you added Mitch Morse, uh, you added players like Quentin Spain, guys that have playoff experience, not just game experience, even a veteran like Ty Insecki kind of platooning at the right tackle spot with the rookie Cody Ford. So they really retooled their entire offense. I mean, week one, there were nine new starters. The only holdovers from the year prior were left tackle Deion Dawkins and Josh Allen. Everybody else was new. And so it took some time for that side of the ball to gel. But, you know, as they came down the stretch here, you could kind of really see the offense gain an identity. And that's really been probably the biggest difference from last year's squad.
0: Yeah, Josh Allen in his second season, he's really turned around that touchdown to interception ratio last year. 12 interceptions and 10 touchdowns this year, 20 touchdowns and just nine interceptions. Where have you seen the most growth in his development now in year two?
2: Yeah, I think it's his short-to-intermediate passing game. Obviously, Josh came into the draft class, you know, in 2018 as this supremely gifted physical player who could throw the ball a mile, and everybody said, oh, well, that's what the Bills' offense is going to be. He's just going to chuck it down the field and run around and buy time with his legs because he's an athlete. And I think a lot of credit has to go to offensive coordinator Brian Dable and quarterbacks coach Ken Dorsey for recognizing that the way to be efficient in this league is with a competent short to intermediate passing game. And then when the opportunities present themselves, take a few shots down the field. And Josh, to his credit, has improved his short to intermediate accuracy, which had been a problem for him in his rookie season. Now, I'm not saying his ball location is perfect every time, but being a 52% passer as a rookie I thought if he could get somewhere between 58 and 60% in his second year, this offense would function a whole lot better. And that has proven to be the case. But what we cannot dismiss is yes, you know, you look at his passing touchdown total, but he's got another nine touchdowns rushing, which led the league among quarterbacks. I know Deshaun had seven himself for Houston this year, but he is unquestionably the best athlete on the offense for this Bills team. And they don't ignore that and don't dismiss it. So while he has improved in the short to intermediate passing area, there are still designed runs in the offense for Josh Allen to make a difference with his legs.
0: I'm glad that you mentioned that the nine rushing touchdowns, it's outstanding leads. It leads the Bills, right, in in rushing touchdowns this year. What about Allen? Now, last year for Deshaun Watson, that was his first playoff appearance. This year it'll be the first playoff appearance for Allen. What do you think the biggest challenge is going to be as he makes his playoff debut against the Texans?
2: I think the key thing is for him not to be too jacked up. Uh, there were a couple of games earlier this season where he was just way overhyped for a football game. Uh, I go back to week four against the New England Patriots. you know everybody's all hyped up. The bills were off to a three and0 start. Everybody's so anxious to see the bills or anybody for that matter, finally slay the dragon, so to speak, in terms of the Patriots that I think Josh, put too much of that on himself, and the result was four turnovers in a game that they absolutely could have won but ended up losing 16-10. to 10. And there were some other games this season, you know, in the first half where you could just tell he was too jacked up. He's airmailing balls over the heads of receivers because there's just too much adrenaline flowing through him. And I think down the stretch this year, he was able to internally calm himself down be strict with his internal clock and with his own adrenaline uh, rushing through his veins and just settling down. So I really think the key for him is to have a sense of urgency but balance that out with being internally calm in his head. And if he can get off to a good early rhythm in the passing game, take the easy completions, and keep his offense on the field, I think that will go a long way toward him and the offense having success against the Texans.
0: Well, Chris, it seems like everyone has been talking about the Bills' defense this year. There was a lot of buzz surrounding them. Even midway through the season, it started getting a little bit louder and louder. It's been under construction. It's now revamped. It's so dangerous. There's a mix of young players plus some seasoned veterans Is this the most talented pass rush that you've seen with the Bills? And and what makes them so difficult? What's going to be the biggest challenge for a guy like Deshaun Watson that's facing them?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a a competent pass rush. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I think they're somewhere in the top ten in sacks this year. But it's not what they necessarily hang their hat on. I mean, if you look at this defense from front to back, it's built to stop the pass and the strongest part of their defense is unquestionably their secondary. You got Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, who might be the most underrated safety in football, uh, along with Tredavious White, you know, who's going to the Pro Bowl. Um, Those three guys have played together for three seasons. Uh, They know each other like the back of their hand. They have nonverbal communication. They can improvise because of that and because they know the system so well. And they, they really are the linchpin of the team. But I think, People forget because the Bills were unsuccessful last year as a team going six and ten. So this was a top five defense last year. Uh, so they're top five again this season. And, you know, they were number two against the pass in 2018. I think they're number three this year. Uh, so, you know, you look at it and how it all shakes out. Uh, this is a complete team defense. It's not a defense that is riddled with, you know, star power uh, that are household names across the league. But what they have are a bunch of strong, above-average players that embrace the grind and are selfless. Uh, And so what you have is a pass rush where you really can't necessarily key on any one guy because everybody across the front is capable of making a play. And then you have linebackers who were brought in here to stop the pass. They can run and hit. You've got Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds, who are three-down linebackers who can run around, cover linebacker, cover running backs, cover tight ends, even cover uh, certain receivers in a pinch. So you've got you've got versatility and team speed, and that's really what makes all the difference in the world for what is again a top-five defense with the Bills.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the secondary, Tre'Davious White. Uh, Bill O'Brien said in his press conference this week, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. He's got six interceptions this season. What makes him such a standout in that secondary?
2: I think he is a very cerebral player. Uh, A lot of players, especially young ones that we see in this league, often make the mistake of relying solely on their athletic ability to carry them. And Tredavious from day one never did that. He is a film junkie. He will gobble up tape uh, until his eyes are ready to fall into the head because he knows it gives him an advantage. And what he uses that film study for the most is to give him the opportunity to take a chance at the right time. Uh, He's not a risky or reckless cornerback that's always trying to make an interception, but he uses his film study to find the exact right time in a game to make a play when his team needs it the most. Other than that, he is fundamentally sound. Uh, you are not going to get anything cheap on Tredavious White ever, uh, and it's why he's had almost 600 coverage snaps and has not given up a touchdown. Now, I know the Bills last year against the Texans largely had Tredavious shadow DeAndre Hopkins, and for the most part, he held DeAndre in check. Now, he did have a touchdown late, but if you watch that play, it's just a beautifully executed Back shoulder throw from Deshaun Watson to DeAndre Hopkins. Dredavious has good coverage. It's just a better throw and a better catch and better execution by the offense. And on plays like that, you just kind of tip your hat. So it's going to be a supremely intriguing matchup on Saturday for sure.
0: I can't wait to see that matchup. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch DeAndre Hopkins and White or whoever White has to cover. I want to ask you real quick about Kevin Johnson because we saw what he was able to do his rookie year. There was so much potential. He was so physical uh, as a cornerback, but unfortunately with all the injuries that he's dealt with over the last few years, things just didn't work out with him in Houston. How is he doing in Buffalo? How is Sean McDermott using him in that defense uh, in the secondary right now?
2: Yeah, so he was battling all through training camp with Levi Wallace, uh, for the right starting right cornerback position. Uh, Levi came in as an undrafted rookie in 2018 and was just phenomenal, just uh, really impressed people and is a perfect fit for this defense, which is based on a lot of zone concepts. So he's just such a smart player. He held on to that starting job. It wasn't that Kevin Johnson had a poor training camp or a poor preseason. Levi Wallace just had a better one. And so he wound up being the starter on the outside opposite Tredavious. And they used Kevin a little bit in the slot, but ultimately Taron Johnson, the incumbent there, held on to that job. Uh, And so what Kevin became was the first guy off the bench uh, in the event of an injury, or if opponents decided to spread the field and go five wide or go with four by one receiver sets, uh, he would come on the field there. And then whenever, Somebody had to miss a play or somebody got nicked up and missed time. Kevin Johnson replaced him. And that's what happened last week against the, uh, the Jets in the season finale when Levi Wallace suffered the ankle injury. But I will tell you this, around midseason, Kevin Johnson's play in practice was so good that they started platooning Kevin with Levi Wallace. And so Levi would start the game, play the first two series defensively, and then they would rotate Kevin Johnson in because he earned that opportunity. Uh, and Kevin, you know, Knock on wood has been able to stay healthy. Uh, he raves about the sports science and the load management and the athletic training staff that they have here in Buffalo. He thinks it's going to help him prolong his career and put the injury bug behind him. And you know to this point, Knock on wood, it's done so.
0: All right, good stuff, Chris Brown, Buffalo Bill's insider. Looks to be an exciting wild card game on Saturday. And, uh, you know, you won't have to deal with snow or any cold weather when you come down here, Chris. So we'll see you here on Saturday.
2: All right. Look forward to it.
0: Thanks, Chris. Great stuff, as always, from Chris Brown, Bill's insider up there. And uh, talked to him last year. Got the chance to catch up with him again this year. And uh, he always offers some good insight on that Bill's team. All right. That's going to do it for our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can always check out YouTube. Uh, We've got our interviews up on YouTube as well as shows and and more and of course HoustonTexans.com for all the latest coverage on your favorite team and uh, hey be sure to give this podcast a like if you're not already following it appreciate the comments I try to read as many of them as I can all right that's going to do it for us Deep Slant podcast presented by Xfinity thank you so much for listening and as always go Texans